0: Hi, folks. If you are running a business or you are thinking about starting one, you need to have a really cool product because in the end, this is what the customers are buying. Today, we have an expert on the round with Scott from Actions who will teach us about how to really build a rock solid product and manage the product team. Hi, Scott. Who are you and what do you do? Hey, Martin.
1: So Scott Whitney here. I lead up the product team for Actians. I've been in various product roles for close to 15 years. Originally started in uh, management consulting for KPMG, so uh, did a bunch of work there. I have an economics background, so sort of uh, I focus on metrics and volumes. Let's see, just by way of background, uh, I started in product management in a company called InktoMe. That was one of the early web search pioneers, then moved over to enterprise search, went into a company called Verity where I ran a product management team there, and and that was all about search, and, and in particular, enterprise search. And then from there, I went and joined Symantec, which is a security company, and we did a bunch of work there around what's called email archiving. And so one of the fun things with enterprise search was is that it made it difficult where, hey, you've got a search engine, but you don't necessarily own the content. And so one of the things I was looking for was You know how do you build products that monetize enterprise content, and ultimately I ended up with email archiving because the email was the you know the big gorilla in the room as far as content, and the archive had all that content in place. And then I've done several roles at at Symantec, and then ultimately went and joined a couple startups. Uh, Those startups get acquired, roll into a a large company. In one case here is Iron Mountain, and then ultimately ended up at Actian here, where I'm doing the same information governance archiving types of workloads again in product management so i've been in product management
0: martin for close to 15 years now scott how do you get from big four into product management
1: yeah great question so as a uh, lowly consultant you know being shipped around the world globally martin getting on an airplane uh, going to customers and helping them with their business problems i took a seat back and i said well look how do i find a job where the customers come to me What I thought about here was like, okay, well, look, I live in San Francisco. There's a lot of interesting things going on in Silicon Valley here, which is really just half an hour down the road. You know, I understand these companies are starting to get a lot of market attention. You know, this is some 20 years ago now, and you know, in the mid-90s, I take a job there because primarily I wanted customers to come to me, and I didn't necessarily want to be on an airplane all the time. And that was really... The genesis for me was really trying to spend more time here with my family and uh, finding a job where I had an opportunity to do that. And then, particularly, sort of switching out of big four consulting. At the end of the day, it's about interfacing with your customers and understanding what they want and what they need, understanding what their challenges are and what their business problems are, turning that into a set of requirements and actually implementing that as a product. And so there's a, a lot of parallelisms between management consulting and product management. Mm-hmm.
0: Could you please elaborate on what Actions actually does?
1: Yeah. So, Actions as a company name stands for active compliance. And what we do, Martin, is that we provide governance tools for regulated industry firms. So, think big banks. Think big insurance carriers, think healthcare companies, think energy transmission or energy companies, whether they're doing exploration or whether they're doing transmission. What we provide, Martin, is a place to store all the communication events that happen within the company. So whether it's across email, maybe it's on Skype that we're using right now. Maybe it's on a SharePoint blog. Maybe it's on Salesforce chatter. All those events are viewed as business records. And with many of these regulated companies, they need to be able to store those records. They need to be able to find them when they need to and be able to give them to other folks, whether they're counterparties, whether they're a regulator, maybe they're opposing counsel, need to give that data out to prove a point. Whether it's a legal matter, a regulatory investigation, having all that data in one place makes it a lot easier to get that work done.
0: Mm -hmm. And Scott, do you know what? This is the perfect, let's say, link to your uh, task back then at the Big Four, because basically this is uh, the same stuff, uh, recording transactions and making them available.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. And we effectively are what's called the corporate memory. So, you know, my background was search and indexing. And so I had a particular expertise in that area. Also, you know, coming out of a big four firm where they train you on understanding customer requirements, listening well to your customer, listening also to not just your customer, but listening to market signals, such as a regulator, and understanding what those challenges are. And what that does is a product manager, it helps you identify and quantify A market opportunity, because at the end of the day, the product management function is about making trade-offs and prioritizing all the different asks that come into your desk.
0: Yeah. So what is your role at Actions? What are your objectives? And how did you structure your team accordingly?
1: Yeah, great. Uh, My title is product leader. And so I've got several disciplines underneath my oversight here. So the first one is the traditional discipline of product management, where there's an understanding of of what the customers are asking for, quantifying and qualifying the market opportunity, being able to turn in those requests into a set of user stories. And the user stories are what's communicated to engineering. And what we tend to get back is what's called a level of effort. And based on those two dimensions of what the user story is, what the level of effort is, and ultimately, what's the business value of the problem you're trying to solve, the product management team will tend to organize a set of priorities for a given release. And we happen to release every four to six weeks. And so every four to six weeks, uh, we are releasing a new set of content into the product stream. And we have various internal discussions about what's the relative importance of one feature versus the other. That's product management. I also have responsibility for product marketing. And so product marketing is the discipline where all external aspects, the view of the product into the marketplace, where that function is managed. So everything from, hey, what is our, Our key messages, how is my product different from any alternatives that would be in the marketplace? So, yeah, sure, there's competitive, but, hey, an alternative could be do nothing or continue to do it manually. We offer a degree of automation. So, you know, what is that savings? What are those benefits and how are those benefits realized by the customer? and qualifying that and quantifying that, that's product wow. marketing. Also from a uh, enablement perspective and going to market, how, how do I best equip my sellers, my distribution partners on how to best talk about our products and what the value proposition is with the products? What is the packaging of our products? So as we all know, customers buy solutions, right? They, they mm-hmm. want answers to problems. They don't tend to buy products, right? They buy solutions. And so a solution can be a package of of a couple products, a couple features, maybe some services. And then, oh, by the way, maybe there's a partner or two that help them realize that value. The product marketing manager will set up the product packaging and solution packaging accordingly. And then also, finally, the product marketing manager will also drive pricing. So, you know, how should we think about pricing? How does it compare to the, the value that the customer will receive for the product? And then the last bit, if I can, Martin, product marketing also does enablement into the field, whether that's for analyst relations, from a public relations or press coverage perspective. The product marketing team will also represent that message into those venues as well. And so if I can, just a couple more points. Sure. I've got technical communications. So what is that? That is basically anything that's written down from a technical user guide perspective in the online help. My team is responsible for that. And then finally, last but not least, the most exciting part is the user experience. So, you know, I've got a set of user interface designers here. You can imagine today all the different forms of communication that are being used by enterprise employees today in global firms, whether you're you know, a healthcare firm, a pharmaceutical firm, a global banking institution, how many different channels they use. Imagine the analytics and the views of that data if you're trying to run an inquiry, uh, investigate a matter, all the different visualizations of the communication patterns. So we focus a lot on what's that experience look like How do people zoom into the data uh, per custodian or per channel? I am also responsible to encapsulate that user experience and communicate those requirements to engineering as well.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, this is totally, I would say, a typical structure besides this technical documentation thing from a product point of view.
1: Just real quickly on on that point, what we try to do is anything that the customer touches Feels or hears about our product, you know, from a UI, from documentation, from product literature, from our website, our branding, rolls through the folks on my team.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, this comes, I guess, from the philosophy of having a service design that we are delivering to the customers.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and based on your experiences, what are the best or worst practices in structuring or leading the product team?
1: Yeah, uh, great. I think just from a structure perspective, you know, we need to as a philosophy, I think that there needs to be a focus on the customer and a focus on the problem that the customer is trying to solve. I think one of the sort of the learnings that I've had is that sometimes we get too narrow focused on the feature and, you know, maybe one customer is driving us down this feature and that may be very important for that one particular customer. The product management team with input from not only the field organization, but product marketing, industry analysts, plus our own primary research that we might be running helps product marketing create a more holistic view of their product and the value of their product and what are the competitive alternatives to your product that might be emerging or around the corner. There needs to be a balance, and I would say the best practice needs to be that, you know, hey, maybe 50% of your time is focused on the next series of releases coming up. But what I've learned is that but a 50% of your time needs to be looking around the corner. Mm -hmm. You tend to get focused on what's right in front of our nose and not really what's around the corner. And that leads to a little short-sightedness where we tend to focus on the trees versus the forest. And if there was a best practice there, one best practice that I've identified here is to to make sure you've got ample time looking around the horizon.
0: Okay, cool. And, and when you look at your team's operations, what metrics do you look at to measure team and product performance, especially, for example, if the, the business value is very hard to estimate? And why are you looking at those metrics?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I tend to look at. So The first off is uh, what I like to call requests for enhancements. So, you know, we design a product, we release that product. And what happens a lot of times is there are obviously shortcuts made, right? You know, Mm -hmm. time is not infinite, resources are not infinite, and we've got a series of gates within the budget of the program. And so obviously there's prioritizations and shortcuts taken. And so, what I want to make sure of is that my team is looking at what's called the request for enhancements. So, these could be enhancements that are coming from the sales team, could be enhancements coming from the customer via technical support, or could be coming in from any number of people that are interacting with our product. How many RFEs are we receiving per week, per month? How many of you are you looking at? What is your volume to address those RFEs? So, the RFEs and understanding the request for enhancements is also important. Number of bugs is another thing I track on a, a weekly basis. So, you know, how are we tracking on our product quality? Okay. And so, you know, are, is the product management team, how many of them are they looking at? How many of them, I'm not saying that the product manager has to go confirm that it is a bug, but they need to look and understanding and create some field on what is the quality and where are people getting stuck in the product? That's point number two. And then finally, point number three for me is the number of customer meetings that my team is having. And so what I want to make sure of is that there's one foot in, in the product team here internally, but to make sure, you know, we always have a perspective of for the market and the customer within that market that they're taking direct customer meetings and how many customer meetings are they having? Okay, so that's on the product management side. So just Mm -hmm. review, number of RFEs, number of customer meetings, number of bugs actually handled by uh, and touched by the product management team. On the product marketing side, we tend to look at two very important statistics. Uh, One is sales qualified leads. So if you think about product marketing, right, they are generating content that takes customers on a journey right? To learn about the problems that they have in the marketplace, but also, you know, what potential solutions are out there to this, of which Actian's might be one of them, right? And so as we think about, you know, omni-channel people coming to learn about Actian's, whether it's maybe from, hey, maybe a, a session that we're having right now, or maybe they might be hitting our website, they might be hitting some syndicated content, all of that's coming from product marketing. We tend to look at very closely sales qualified leads that are coming in on the week. You know What content is producing that generated those sales qualified leads? We also look at what's called marketing qualified leads. And those are, those are raw touches to our content. And so MQLs and SQLs are what I evaluate on a weekly basis with the product marketing
0: manager. Understood. Cool, Scott. If I'm looking at this metrics regarding the product management that you um, named, they seem to be only quantitative, but I don't see a qualitative aspect in it, meaning that it translates to business value. For example, it's very easy for me to have uh, 100 or 200 meetings with customers without learning anything or uh, improving anything on the product.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. These are metrics that we look at on a weekly basis. So I would say business value and doing what's called a benefits realization exercise with the customer comes in the form of case studies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, As a way, how many case studies do I have? So we clearly have a goal to produce case studies and success stories where we actually qualify and quantify the business value of the solution. And so we tend to want to produce at least one of those externally with the customer that's available with the customer. We have a goal of one of those a quarter that we produce every quarter. And that's a combination of product management and product marketing are working with the customer to get an agreement to talk about uh, their success in the market. So that's one goal that I did mention that, that is certainly in there. The other one is basically our billing goals a- and our, our revenue goals for the firm on a quarterly and annual basis. Clearly, if we're not delivering value for the customers, um, we're a subscription company. So that means you know every year uh we're going back in and confirming with that customer that they saw value in our solutions, and they're willing to sign up again and so you know I understand what you're saying about qualified measure of value, but ultimately, the measure of value is, am I able to secure a renewal in twelve months yeah, you're
0: looking at the churn rates,
1: okay, cool absolutely, absolutely hundred <laughs> percent okay, cool Scott. and those churn rates, just so you know. We observe our churn rates very carefully at the company level, mm-hmm. okay? And so uh, the product managers are looking at that as well. And so those are things that are top of mind. But specific to the PM on a weekly basis, what I'm looking for are these sort of very focused sort of quantitative data to make sure that they are being engaged.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, you talked about the structure of your product team. Yes. Now I would like to learn a little bit about the typical product development process in depth, how you are really doing it so that our readers can understand the day to day product management operations.
1: Yeah. So, on a day to day on the product management side, so we follow an agile methodology. You know, we've got a Scrum leader role in engineering, we've got a product leader. That is the product manager that is involved daily meetings. So we have daily standups where we're going. And these are meetings that will this meeting will last anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour every day on that particular aspect of the product. There is a constant review of where we're stacked in the prioritization of the job jar. We also have that meeting to understand challenges that might be happening in in the particular monthly release that's going on. So that happens every day. Once a week, we have what we like to call an elaboration session. So whether it happens to be elaborating on this month's release or the next month's release, we'll tend to focus on areas of upcoming features that are intended to be delivered And that session is an opportunity for the product manager to walk through the user story. Mm -hmm. We'll typically have a wireframe that goes along with that. And those elaboration sessions happen on a weekly basis. Second to that is we'll tend to have a user experience design scrum on a weekly basis, where now we're taking the same user story, and we're walking, you know, both the product manager through with the user experience designer and the UI implementer on what the user flow needs to be and what data needs to be on a report. What's the orientation of the graph? Uh, what color palette are we going to use? Are we going to change the color palette? And those meetings happen every week as well.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Right. And then obviously you guys, and, you know, not to get into the full dev cycle here, but just to throw it out. You know, there's a plan of record. You know, obviously the plan of record changes. You know, based on you know challenges, change, change in priorities. There's an early build. Product management gets a what we'd like to call a PM preview. We get those pretty much on the third week of the five week sprint. For example, we get to see the uh, software, get to interact with the software, and have an opportunity to make changes. We're getting kind of late in the cycle, and then quality and performance will take over from there. And then it gets handed over to our network operations team. And the network operation team, they get another round of quality. And now I'm in like the fifth week of the release. And then, then ultimately gets moved into production. Mm-hmm.
0: Scott, are you using a centralized or a decentralized roadmap planning process? What I mean by that is um, all the tickets or what you said for requests for. Uh, yep what was it, opportunity or so, are they sent uh, into a central point where then it's prioritized and then distributed again to product managers and then developers? Or is it that you are giving some kind of topics where the team is managing their roadmap totally independent of you, for example?
1: Right. Now, we use a centralized approach. So we we have a product. We use the Alassian product set Mm -hmm. internally here, right? So Alassian has, has a ticketing mechanism there's also a collaboration system. So the ticketing mechanism is JIRA, and that's what's also used by our customer support team. So as uh, Vince comes in, those need to be ticketed. They're ticketed in Salesforce first, but if they need to be escalated into engineering, that's when they use the JIRA system. My team gets access to the tickets. They see what's going on. They see what's being handed over in the engineering, and our sustaining engineering team will look at those and work those. Parallel to that is the confluence aspect of the Alassian set. Are you familiar with Alassian?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I know Gira and I know confluence. Hmm?
1: Yeah. And in that case, on the confluence side, is that's where we tend to post our user stories, our product management artifacts. That's the venue by which we drive these weekly elaboration sessions. And all of that is centralized.
0: Okay, understood. Yeah, because I was asking because some companies are also starting to decentralize it because of pushing down ownership down to the team. Yeah.
1: Well, so what we didn't talk through really is that you know Actian's has essentially three products, and they they all have different aspects. And you know, not to you know get too deep here in in sort of the Actian's use cases, but we have one product that. Does the blocking, data loss prevention, you know, is it appropriate for you and I to have a Skype session today? Yes or no. Maybe you're a financial analyst and I'm a broker and I'm not allowed to talk to you. That's one product yep. or a set of products over there. And I, What I tend to do is I have PMs that are organized at the product level. And I also have product managers that look across, mm-hmm. right? Again, that force through the trees thing that are more, more foundational Data structure level, and working with our uh, technology office to drive standards across the products
0: understood imagine you are young again Scott and interested in building digital products customers really love. what would you like to share with people interested in in a product management career
1: I think one of the things that i 've learned uh you know being you know in, in the industry plus twenty years now is the the sort of notion of Keeping it simple. And one of the things that, as we all look at sort of modern consumer products and and some of the user interfaces and the capabilities, you know, they focused on the five things that really matter for the end user. And if I think I go back to some of the early days in enterprise software, we tended to throw everything in on the very first release and exposed everything on the user interface because we were so proud of its capabilities and wanted to showcase it. And I was worried about this particular competitor coming in and doing all that. But ultimately, I think it's far harder to design simple, elegant, just the right feature for the customer uh, to get their job done and expose those first five features than it is to just throw everything in. And so it's that sort of twist and that pivot that you know as we're designing, and I think a lot of your designers now are sort of picking that up now. Uh, just because I can do a hundred things doesn't mean I have to have a hundred things on the UI, mm-hmm. right? There's different places for that functionality. And I think less
0: is more. Totally agree. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time, Scott, and for sharing your knowledge on the product management.
1: Hey, thank you, Martin. I appreciate the opportunity.